from Car Rigs and Ingram, this is It Figures, the CRI podcast, an accounting, advisory, and industry-focused podcast for business and organization leaders, entrepreneurs, and anyone who is looking to go beyond the status quo. Well, good afternoon, and thank you for joining me for another episode of It Figures, a CRI podcast. My name is Sandy Guy, and I'm excited to host another very interesting dialogue on a trending topic. Um, I don't know about y'all, but for me, I'm getting really tired of the term work-life balance. I feel like we've been using that term for, gosh, 20, 30 years, it seems like forever. And I don't know about y'all, but I haven't achieved balance. And I'm starting to think that balance isn't even something that you can achieve. I know for me, it always feels like as I'm trying to lean left and balance more towards my personal life, that then my professional life gets out of balance and then vice versa. Um, And it's just, it's always a balancing act. And when I start sort of easing out of one to ease into another, I start to feel guilty as well. Um, And then add to all of that, given the new dynamics of um, the workplace, it just really seems more like we're integrating our personal and professional lives. I've worked remote full-time since 2015, and to work in your home, integrating your personal and professional life takes on a whole new meeting. Um, So what I wanted to do today is have a discussion and really explore, is, is balance even really a thing? And is it really more integration that we're looking at between these two worlds that seem to have overlapped or collapsed on each other, it seems like, some days? And as we're all trying to have it all, what is have it all? Um, Especially if you're a female, that comes up sometimes. But so I thought, you know what, who could I talk to that it would be a really good discussion with? And I decided I wanted to choose somebody who I kind of look up to from the outside looking in. It seems like she's balancing it all. So it's my pleasure to introduce my guest, Kendra LaFleur. Kendra, thank you for balancing some time into your day to do this with me today. I appreciate that. But if you would take a second, um, introduce yourself, um, who you are, where you are, and maybe some aspects of your life that that you seem to be balancing if you have kids, clients, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, thank you for having me, Sandy. I always love connecting with you. Um, so my name is Kendra LaFleur. I am a senior manager out of the Atlanta practice. I am a mother of three children and a a dog mom. You are a dog mom. Team Tyson yeah, over right. here. <laughs> yeah. My baby Tyson. He is a and staff terrier. He is um he's growing on me. He's, he's a puppy puppy. It's been two he years, is. Tyson. He is. That's, That's right. Puppy. That's right. He's growing on me. Um I'm married, been married for 13 years. Shout out to my husband, Chris. Um, and I am the board treasurer for Girls on the Run. Um, love, love, love that organization. So I'm the board treasurer for that. I am on the young membership committee for the AICPA. Love that. And then I'm also the board treasurer for um, the women's department at my church out of um, Beaufort, Georgia. So a few different things. Um, I'm, I'm going to call you out because you left out for me something I think is a really big deal, and it's about CRI. What do you cheer at CRI that you didn't even ah, just mention? Yes. <laughs> I, 
Stella Kendra. I am the chairman or chairwoman of um, our ERG for Black and African Americans, so balance. So I am the chairman and one of the founders of, of that Definitely one of the founders. And I think um, that kind of actually leads nicely into the conversation because when um, I think I really started to um, look up to you and and respect you for everything you um, keep juggling in the air at one time was, uh, you know, May, June of 2020, when you and I, I felt like I was on the phone with you every day and we were talking about how we've got to get this ERG started and what would that look like? And what would it, and I, I think you probably spent more time with me than billing clients. Don't worry, Kelly Bollinger, she built clients. (laughs) Like it was just anytime I called you and said, Hey, you know, do you have some time? And you made time and it was great. And I and I know a lot of your personal and professional commitments. Um, so I really appreciated the amount of time you give gave to me for that. But so let's talk about it. So, you know, I don't think there's such a thing as balance. Like, what do you think about the term work-life balance? Do you think balance is something you can achieve, or is it more that integration? You know, that it's funny that you asked that because that's probably one of the most common questions that I get is, Kendra, how do you balance everything? Like, how many hours do you actually have in your day, Kendra? Because you do right. a lot. Um, but I don't think that it's a question of how do I do, but I think it's just a testament that it can be done. And so the way that I balance my schedule looks completely different than maybe how my husband does his or how my coworker does hers. I think everybody's balance just looks a little bit different. The only commonality that we all have is the 24 hours. And so in order to get everything done, you got to split that time. It's just 24 hours. So you might spend, you know, eight hours sleeping. Maybe you're one of those people who has to sleep for eight hours or you can't function. So then you got 16 left. How are you going to, how are you going to make it? But nothing is created equal. I feel like in order for it to work, you have to kind of pull from one area in order to to give to the other. So it sounds terrible, but I don't necessarily think that it's just a perfect balance. I think that you just kind of figure out how it all can work together, if that makes sense. No, it does. And I I think that's, I love how you said, I think it can be done. I think it can be done, but that doesn't mean like, you know, one of the things when we do our conversations that count, which is sort of the equivalent of an internal firm podcast, I guess you could say, I always ask people, what would you do if you had more time? And kind of because I'm curious to hear what they would do. But for me, I'm like, God, what's it like to have more time? I feel like by the time my head hits the pillow at night, I'm still like three, four hours short of things I I needed to do. But, you know, when I think about, um, early in your career. So when you and I first met, uh, when I joined CRI, you were a, um, I think you were a first year senior. You had just passed the exam, I think, and, and had a child. And I remember thinking, how do you have a, and I want to say it was your second child. How do you have a child study for the exam, pass it? So at that point in your life, you're still, well, you're young now, but you know, you're, you're young and it's like, okay, I want to go with my friends and I'm, me and my husband, we're going to go out and do this and this and this. Do you, how, how did you accomplish that early in your career? Working hardcore in Atlanta, studying for the exam. So how, how did you do that? I think. I'm a firm believer, rather, in that we make time for the things that are important to us. And so at that time, 
in my life, it was like, I, I wanted to pass the exam. Like, I just I, I wanted to pass that exam. And it was so hard for me. I know some people, they can just do it and just be done with it. But it was such a journey for me. You know, I was pregnant as I was studying. So like, I'm like, throwing up, and like trying to study. <laughs> I'm like, you know, hungry, but I can't eat. It's just, just, it's just so hard for me. But I'm, it was important to me. And so I just had to figure it out. And so I'm a firm believer, if, if you're passionate about something, or you want it, you figure it out. You just figure it out. So I'm curious, I, I do feel guilty when, um, so if I'm working and there's a project I want to have done and I'm like, all right, I am not logging off. I am not going to bed time. I want to get this project done, closed. It's important to me. And if I have a girlfriend text me or my husband text me, um, hey, let's go grab some dinner or, you know, you want to go do this or that. And I feel guilty. So both are equally important to me. So I'm like, I feel guilty. I, I told them no last time they wanted to go do something. But then if I don't do the work thing, I feel guilty. I'm like, God, I did promise Kendra I'd have, you know, the charter reviewed and back to her by this point. Do you ever experience guilt? And if so, how do you manage that? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. My my sweet husband. So like it, it's he's kind of been on this journey with me. But then there's just and so I'm just laser focused with work. I want to do a good job. I want to you know this path to partner, and I'm just putting in the work to to get to that point. I'm studying for the exam. I've got kids. You know I'm now I want to volunteer. My husband's like Kendra. Okay, what about me? Right, <laughs> my sweet husband. He's the best. Um, but then like. For example, when I was studying for the exam, like I was adamant about like no vacation. I can't vacation because I won't have peace of mind. I just want to study. If I'm if I'm laying on the beach somewhere, I'm just gonna be thinking about the exam. So like let me just let me just do that. And then my husband, it had been, I don't know, maybe a year or so, and I was like, I think I had maybe one more part, something like that. And my husband was like, Kendra, we need to go away. Like I know that it's important to you, but it's important to me that we have this time um, together, you know, just kind of going through that whole thing. And then I felt so bad. (laughs) You you would think that the woman would do something like that, but it was just like, I need that time, you know, and and then it'd be good for you. And it it was, it was good, but it was one of those things where I was so caught up in trying to get this part done. I had completely just dropped the ball um, with stuff in my marriage. And so kind of, he just really helped me figure out okay well instead of doing a week vacation let's just do three three nights four days three nights like I will be good with that let's compromise so it's uh, my journey is a lot about compromising and knowing that I can't give a hundred percent of everything to everyone I just can't I can't do it and I'm okay with that it was hard initially but I've gotten comfortable with saying no and saying well I can do it but I need a month to kind of get to that point to go to dinner with you or whatever it is. But I think that's a really interesting point because I feel like, uh, especially, you know, starting in the summer of 2020, when, um, you know, in the mornings that everybody would get up and you had your routine. I think the podcast that you and I did with Max Jen, um, Max talked about this a little bit, that you had your routine that, okay, my job was to get up and walk the dogs and your job was to get the kids fed and then I drop them off at school on my way to my office and you go to your office. But, you know, everybody kind of had this routine and then summer 2020 hit and everybody's in lockdown and everybody's at home. So, OK, the dynamic of going and dropping off isn't there. 
but then there's other things to do. And then everybody kind of gets pulled into different patterns. And if that communication, and I love the word kind of negotiation, I hate to say compromise because compromise makes you feel like somebody's giving up something, but then that negotiation of how do we work together to accomplish something? I think that when you're trying to integrate your personal and your professional pursuits, I do think it's a negotiation. I think that um, even with me, you know, if I'm thinking about, I don't, I don't have, I have a fenced in yard, so the dogs can, I do like to walk them, but if I can't, I've got a fenced in yard um, and I don't have kids, but sometimes there's something that I absolutely want to commit to and do, whether it's going to, um, going to see my niece who's in the middle of sorority rush at Alabama. So yes, hashtag Bama rush talk. If y'all are watching. So it's like, okay, well, first, can I call the Birmingham office and see if there's any on-campus recruiting events that they need an extra hand to, because I'm happy to go down and help out. (laughs) But it's talking about if somebody's like, Hey, can you facilitate or do a training on this date? I can say, no, I tried this year. I haven't taken a full week's vacation and I can't tell you how long. And so I thought, okay, this summer, I want to try to take a week, even if it's just sitting at the beach and not doing anything. And one of the offices called and we were talking about some of their summer training plans. And they said, okay, can you do this summer training, you know, during this week? And it was the week of 4th of July. And that people pleaser in Sandy guy just about uttered, yeah, sure. What My calendar's wide open at the moment. What day do you want? And then I stopped and I was like, no, I'm trying. So I didn't have to say no, because I'm trying to take PTO. I just responded and said, actually, that won't work. Can we choose another time? And she was like, oh, absolutely. Of course. And we picked another time, but that people pleaser in me who felt guilty to say no, not right now. I'm like, why would I feel guilty? Um, and I told the partner, um, shout out Michelle Landrum in Houston. I told her after I said, gosh, I, you know, I was trying to take PTO. Why did I feel bad? And we had a whole conversation around that. She's like, it didn't matter. I was just throwing that out because I thought it'd be a good day. So I do think it's a, it's a negotiation if you don't let um, your, your guilt and your pride and your people pleaserness, if you're like Sandy Guy, um, get in the way. It is kind of hard. And even, you know, with my husband, when he talks about, um, hey, why don't we take off early on Friday and go drive to Pinehurst and play a round of golf? And if I'm like, God, I tell you what, I can't do it Friday, but I bet I can move some things around on my schedule. What if we go Saturday and then maybe play around Monday? Cause I have a window of time on Monday. So I do think it's important. Um, I do think it helps if you're somebody who has a nice village to help them. Um, and it sounds like uh, you have a pretty nice village around you, especially in your husband and, and friends and things of that nature. But so oftentimes I even think about uh, technology. So when I was starting out my career, unlike you, Kendra, gosh, I'm going to be so old. We didn't have cell phones. I mean, cell phones were around, but it was like, well, we were past bag phones when I graduated college, but we were like maybe a year past bag phones. But, you know, so it wasn't like, no, go ahead. Go you ahead. don't know what a bag phone is, girl. I need to. Do you really not know what a bag phone is? Oh, I'm so old. I'll call you after and I'll show you what a bag phone is. So yeah, I'll call you after. <laughs> I, oh, God, I feel so old. So like cell phones were just kind of coming out when I graduated college. Um, and I mean, we had bag, computers and, and like the internet was just kind of coming out um, <laughs> around that, that time. Is. 
So when work was done at the end of the day, I could log off. I wasn't taking a laptop home. I'll Google it. Um, I left work five or six o'clock at night. On weekends, I would log off, go home. There was no laptop in my car. I mean, there might have been some paperwork or something. But for the most part on the weekend, you weren't really getting calls from the office. You weren't getting emails. You weren't getting texts. You weren't getting anything. And I often now think back because my life is 24-7. I'll get texts, emails, and I don't mind. I check them. Lord knows you and I have done this. I check them. I respond to them. But I'm like, God, I just feel like I had so much more time when I was younger. And I often wonder, is it because the technology wasn't there? Um, however, we are a lot more productive because of the technology. So I can do something. I can sit there and have a video call with you on a weekend if you wanted one, because both of us maybe wanted to take Monday off and we're like, okay, let's just knock it out Saturday morning and then we'll move on and won't have to do it Friday. So I don't know. What do you think? Do you think technology is a friend or a foe when you're trying to integrate? I think it's both. I think if anybody, anybody in their right mind would have to say it's a blessing and a curse. Like it's just a little bit of both because you're right. You do get that benefit because it does allow you to be more flexible. It allows you to, um, you know, log in at night from the comfort of your own home. If you want to attend your kid's event or if you want to attend um, a bridal shower or, or whatever it is, maybe a doctor's appointment, what have you. Um, it does give you that flexibility to log in, but at the same time, you always feel like you have to be connected. And so that's kind of like to your demise. And I'm the same way, Sandy. Like I always say like, I'm going to just unplug, but I never for real unplug. I just don't. <laughs> I have to, I'm going to call you out on the podcast. So you just got back from a wonderful vacation to Mexico with your husband. And I know about a week or so before you were going, um, we were talking about something you were working on and you're like, okay, I'm going to Mexico and I'm trying to get everything done. And I'm like, oh my God, don't check in. And I'm thinking, okay, hopefully wherever she's staying doesn't have like cell or internet service. So she doesn't check in. And then when I got that text from you while you were on vacation, I almost wanted to go, oh my God, put your phone down. And, but granted, that was kind of more personal than work. Yeah. But so I'm curious. So when, and your husband specifically said, this is our vacation, you know, no kids and we're going to go be grown ups mm -hmm. and go have grown up vacation. So what was that like while you were on vacation? It was so hard. <laughs> it was so hard for me. It really was. Like, I would, um, it's so bad. I, I feel like I'm telling on myself and my husband's going to hear it and he's going to be mad. But, like, I would text people on my team, like, hey, is everything good? Like, did anything blow up? Like, I'm not checking my emails. I didn't lie to my husband. Confident but team. You have an amazing, competent team. I know. But I just, I just, if they need me, like, I'm here. I'm <laughs> So it's strange. I don't know. But uh, but it was good because I really didn't check my email and I didn't check my teams. And so it was nice, but it was just my brain was still working like something is due on Friday. You know, this report is supposed to go out on Friday. Like, do y'all have the management rep letter? Like, did y'all do all? <laughs> and I know that they did because my team is amazing. It's just my mind just keeps thinking. And I have my phone and it has access to all the, the answers are there. I just have to go get them. And I'm like, but let me tell you, that was Monday, but by Friday, <laughs> I feel like that was all week. That was just Monday. No, that was just like Monday. But by the time Friday got there, the phone was like in the hotel room. Like I was, it was just, I had to like transit. It was just hard for me to just do a hard cutoff. 
I couldn't do a cold turkey. <laughs> but yeah, as the week you. went, then it was more and more like, okay, this is okay. This is okay. But you know, not the same thing as a vacation, but still the same thing. Like I, the last couple of years when Apple came out with, you know, you can see your screen time. It's got the little report on there. And I'm like, okay, I, well, one, I want to spend less time on TikTok. TikTok is my adult, like, crack meth, whatever you want to call it. They're funny farmers and animals. And again, it's Bama Rush Talk time. But I'm like, okay, I, I want to be off my phone. And that includes checking for work. And so I started paying attention when I was on it um, outside of 8 to 5. And one of the things I noticed is that so I walk the dogs every morning um, at five in the morning and in the summer when it gets hot, it's after hours. But in the winter, when it's cooler, we usually go right at five and then I come back home and work. And I noticed that when I'm walking the dogs, a lot of times I'm on the phone and I'm like responding to text, responding to whatever and, I, and TikToking sometimes. So I'm like, you know what? I don't need the phone when I go walk the dogs. I do need a flashlight. So I, instead, I'll take my little tiny flashlight because it's dark in the mornings. And I'm going to leave my phone at home. So that's, we walk pretty far. So that's about an hour twice a day that I would leave my phone at home. And it is weird the first couple of times that you do it. And it's just my neighborhood. It's not like I'm going to have a flat tire or something. So I have started like, okay, when I go to work upstairs to my home office during the day, what if I leave my phone downstairs or what if I leave it somewhere else? Because if I'm working, if somebody wants me, they'll teams me. But so I've tried to, even in my personal life, how can I turn my phone off or just not even have it with me to where I'm not tempted? It's hard, but it has helped me focus on other things. Because again, people pleaser Sandy wants to, if there's an alert that pops up, hey, you have a Teams message from Kendra, well, I'm going to want to check it and see what Kendra needs. And it could wait. So I don't know. It is interesting, but I think technology does have things that can help us knock it out to enjoy that free time. But it is a habit. It it really is. So I'm curious, does your, did your husband struggle any on, like, were you both on Monday? struggling or was he like oh no we in Mexico I'm ready to oh, oh girl stop my husband was there like the week before we left like, <laughs> like he was like let's go I'm done I'm no auto reply on I'm like you haven't even left yet like, so he's, he's very I, easy to unplug I wish I could be like that me too um so we were talking about how a village can help you know especially people who have kids I see in my neighborhood the neighborhood Facebook group now that we're all going back to school um, or not we, but the neighborhood kids are going back to school. I'll see moms post, hey, can anybody do the carpool run here? I've got this going on. So it's really cool to see the village help out. But I have to say, I don't know if it's just me. My village doesn't help out. My village makes it problematic. So I work from home again. And there's times my mom might be in town visiting and it'll be two o'clock in the afternoon, I can be on a Zoom and my mom will just come walk in my home office, sit down and want to have a conversation. Oh my gosh, and mom, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm so sorry. But I'm like, I, I'm, I'm working just because I'm at home doesn't mean you can come in. I have neighbors who will come knock on the door. Hey, I brought you some pesto, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's two, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. And I finally told my mom one day, I said, let me, let me put it to you this way. So if I was still in an office in Uptown Charlotte, would you drive up there, come sit in the office and have this conversation with me? 
well, no, then don't come in my home office because I'm trying to get things done. Like, it's really interesting how people just assume if you're working from home, the interruptions are okay. Do you ever run into that? I know you're very hybrid, but do you ever run into that? Oh, yeah. And I love I love your mom story because that's so my mom. My mom, she's... <laughs> I love her. Yeah, she is just like that. So, like, I'll say, oh, I'm going to be working remote next week because, you know, the client doesn't want us out there and I just need to head down, just focus, you know. Hit, keyword focus. And so my mom, whenever she calls, she FaceTimes. Like, it's never even, like, like call, like, you know, like an audio. It's like FaceTime. So I know you don't want nothing for real because you FaceTime. <laughs> doesn't text. And so she'll call four times in a row. So then I'm like, okay, hey, mom. And she's like... Hey, um, what are y'all cooking for dinner tonight? I just have no idea what to make. And I'm just like, mom, you FaceTime me four times to ask me something like that. So she just doesn't get it. So that's my sweet, loving mom. So that's why I love your story because she reminds me of my mom. I, 100%. And, 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 100%. And, and she got back and she totally understands it now because whenever I've said to somebody, Hey, would if I was working in an office in Uptown Charlotte, would you come sit in my office and have this drive all the way uptown and have this conversation? Well, no. Okay, well, I'm no, not. absolutely I, not. I finally learned to shut my door, put a do not disturb sign on my door, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's it can be it can be challenging. So I'm curious because you, as I said at the beginning, you know, I sit back and from the outside looking in, it looks like, you know, you've got it all together because in addition to you know, your kids are fed and dressed and in school and, and Tyson hopefully is um, not bringing in any more dead squirrels and Tyson's trained and things are great and you took a vacation. But so what's some advice that you're giving to your younger staff? I mean, I know you have, for example, Melissa on your team. I don't know how she has time to breathe during the day. She's studying for the exam. She's planning her wedding. Like, you know, what advice do you have for some of the younger folks that are trying to do it all personally and professionally. I think the biggest advice that I give to um, to the team, not even just my team, but just to like the Atlanta team and, and CRI team, any team that you might be on, it's really just communication. I think that it's so easy to figure out your life, <laughs> to, to kind of figure out your schedule is if you can communicate. And so, um, for example, you know, you brought up Melissa. Um, if she's studying for an exam and let's say her exam is Saturday, she's on my job, you know, come Tuesday, I'm like, hey, don't you test on Saturday? You know, yeah, I'm testing Saturday. I'm like, well, why don't you take off the rest of the week? The team will divvy up your sections. Uh, whatever we don't finish, when you're done with your exam, then you can get back into it. Like, we, we just got to kind of figure out a way. Because when you're a CPA, we all win. So I think it's, but you have to communicate with people. You know, hey, um, my mom is coming in town. I just, even I need to clean up my house. Like, can I have Friday afternoon? Like, you know, it's just communicating. Because then we can help. But when you're just kind of like this, you know, flying solo, like under the radar, don't talk. It's just harder to. So I think when your team knows what you kind of have, and I'm not saying divulge all the information, but like the exam is a big deal. Like it's it's a great it's great for you to have those full days to study. Or if you're, you know, maybe you're the one throwing a bridal shower. I know you're Alex or your team is getting married. If, if I'm throwing her a shower, like, hey, can I have these days? This is how I can make up the time. It's just like collaborating, communicating. I think that's like the two best pieces of advice. But you know, and I think part of that communicating that's key is also understanding the different styles and ways people work. So you mentioned Alex. Um, 
And the first week or two that Alex and I started working together, we were talking about styles. And I said, you know, listen, I said, I'm somebody that I'm usually on the phone the entire day. So before I start working in the mornings and then after five, that's when I do all my admin type stuff. That's when I'm um, following up on emails. That's when if I, if I need to you know, type any documents or anything like that, like all the administrative things I need to do are usually, it could be late at night, but I don't feel like that's imposing on my time. It, it could just be, you know what, I had a full day and um, it's a beautiful day out and I wanted to go walk. So I'll work on that document later tonight or to your point, because I know you love working out. I'll go work out and then do that. And Alex, when we were having that conversation, um, she does have a lot going on uh, planning for her wedding too. But I know that she's somebody that her um, after hours are really important to her. She's getting this done. And so she is definitely a eight to five heads down person. So I want to be respectful of her after hours. And I don't want to, I said, look, if you see an email from me at night, I have zero expectation. You're reading that and responding to that. I'm just doing it because tomorrow, by the time you log on, I'm probably on my second webinar and I'm not going to have time to do it. Right. But it's, I think it's understanding the ways people like to work and when they want to work. I don't assume that if I'm going to work late, that Alex can, wants to, will. Sometimes she'll tell me, oh, no, no, Artie's out of town. Happy to help you out. I'd rather, I'm with you. I'd rather knock it out and do it. And I think that that communication and understanding what's important to somebody, what's important about their schedule. It could be they have um, a partner who, and I think this applies to Melissa, that her fiance, he's in the service. So like he's, he'll be quote unquote home for a stretch, but then away for a stretch. So what she, how she would want to balance work and personal life is going to be different when he's quote unquote home versus when he's away. And unless you're having those communications and embracing those different expectations, you know, you, it's definitely hard to have balance if somebody doesn't want to support you in a great industry. 110% agree with you. 110% agree with you because everybody's different. You know, like I am worthless at night. Like I can't do any critical thinking at night. I can't analyze anything at night. Like I'm a morning person. Like when I wake up, I wake up very early. I won't say how early, but when I've I wake seen up your early, emails. I know how early you are. <laughs> like, I just fire them off because it's quiet. I just feel like I'm at peace. Like no one's looking for me. And so I get all my critical thinking done at that time. But when I'm, when I'm leaving review notes, I don't expect my team to come, you know what I mean? To come in and clear the, the right away or, you know, respond to me. Just like what you said, I think everybody is different. I have Chicago on my team and she's a night owl and I am not a night owl. So, you know, we have polar <laughs> opposite type schedules, but, you know, we communicate often, frequently, we collaborate and it just works. Listen, you send me an email or a text at 10 o'clock. I don't even care if you're my girlfriends in the group chat. I'm probably not seeing it at 10 o'clock on a school night because girls in the bed with the phone on vibrate trying to go to sleep <laughs> unless I'm scrolling on TikTok still. But <laughs> no, I'm 100%. So I'm curious, are there any, um, whether it's with you personally or you and your husband or at work, are there any things that are, I'll say, sacred or sort of deal breakers like um you know, I hold this space or this time or this, like, I know you like to work out. So I hold my 5 a.m. gym time sacred. Like, is there like Max Jim, when we were coordinating his, um, the podcast that we did, 
he said, look, I picked my daughter up from school. It's at three o'clock. I'm happy to do anything before, before or after this window, but that's my jam. Picking up my daughter from school is my jam. Do you have any deal breakers like that? I do. I do. And let me just rephrase. You said I like working out. I don't like working out. I do do it because I have to. (laughs) Because I I enjoy eating. That's that's what I like to do. I like to eat. Like, that's my hobby. You like the chocolate. I know. to fulfill my hobby and not just, like, completely, you know, blow up. And I'm only 5'2", so there's only so so many places the weight can be. And if y'all could see Kendra, she is so fit. It is not even funny. It's not even funny. So, yeah. So, I work out because I am obligated to do so um but yeah that actually is one of my things um so I'll go but I'm more flexible it's sacred to me yes in that I have to get a workout in but I'm flexible in that you know if I go at 4 a.m or if I go at 4 p.m as long as I can get that you know hour hour 15 in um four or five times a week I'm good I just I just have to my body deserves that time. My my heart deserves that time. My mental uh, health deserves that time. And so I, I, I do it. I'm obligated to it. I have to do it at least at some point during the day. And then things with my children. Um, my, my oldest is already in fourth grade wow. and it's crazy to me. And so I only have a few, you know, nine more years and she's like out of the house. And that's just makes me sad. <laughs> so I try to... Um, I, me and my husband, we polar opposite. He's like high five and I'm like, you know. He's, he's the he's fun dad. Kid. He's excited. Um, but, you know, so things with my children, I try to um, prioritize the things that are important to them. Like, you know, their field day. Like my son, my middle son, Kendrick, he is adamant about field day. He's like, mom. You just need to be at field day with all the other moms, and I want you to cheer and Aww. scream for me. Like, that's important to him. So those things I hold sacred. So it's not like I have a certain thing every day that I have to do, but there's just moments that I have to, you know, fulfill for the sake of my kids. Yeah, I I, I, I get that. I think for for me and my husband, so uh, pre-pandemic, um, we both traveled a lot for our jobs. And we just somehow got to this place where Sundays were sacred, Sunday dinner. So we we had this sort of um, rule of no travel on Sunday. You could be on, Lord knows, I have been on incredibly early flights on Monday mornings, but it's like, you know what, unless you can avoid it, no travel on Sunday. Um, We eat dinner in for two people who eat out all the time, but Sunday's the night we cook, we sit in, we whatever. And then, you know, because once the week starts, we're, we're both going in different directions and it never really was problematic. If somebody called and said, Hey, you know, we have a meeting, it's going to start at noon. And a lot of people like, Oh, I'll fly in the night before. I'm like, "Mm, I don't want to travel on Sunday night. That's sacred. So I'll get on the 5 a.m. flight out and still get there in time for the meeting. There's been a small handful of times where I've had to fly out on a Sunday, but it's been, okay, well I'll stay and we'll have dinner and then fly out after. So I think what's important, um, and where I see people struggle a lot is they don't identify those things that are important to them. Like you, you understand the importance of your time and your workout and that that's for, you know, that's kind of that put your mask on yourself before you put it on other people kind of thing. That's that self-care, self-love. I think where people tend to struggle is they haven't identified those things that are important to, to them personally, but to their soul that make them a better person if they honor that commitment and and then tell people, you know, whether it's, hey, as long as I can work out during the day, I'm good. Or I just 
no travel on a Sunday or whatever it is, I think that that makes it easier. And the more you're willing to speak up about it, it's rare when somebody says no. I mean, if there's a lead time and honestly, it's rare for me. So, you know, I I think a lot about um, how leaders can make this so much easier, not just on their team and retain talent. You know, we've I've done a podcast on retaining talent. We talk nonstop about retaining talent. Um, it's a market where you want to retain talent, and make sure they thrive. But it also makes it easier on you as a leader in the work you have done. Um, if you have these open conversations and, and you have some flexibility to make sure that they're integrating both. But so when you look around and consider um, your peers, other senior managers, rising partners and leaders in the firm, any advice you would have? for them if, if they're struggling in that regard? Yeah, I think that we all, I think sometimes we forget that everybody has a personal life, right? We're, we're not the exception. I'm not the exception. There are plenty of people in this in this world that have children or they're single. Maybe you're taking care of your mom or grandmother. Like everybody has a story, right? Everybody has something going on. Everybody needs a little bit more time. Everybody's trying to figure it out. I think that if we all just, I hate to say it, it sounds so cheesy, but I just, if we all just show a little compassion, a little bit of grace, you know what I mean? It'll just go a long way. It's, it's just such a powerful thing to just be understanding, to be empathetic, you know, just, just to kind of realize that everybody's got something else going on. So if somebody is, you know, maybe not performing their best in a work paper or something happened, normally they're good. And you're like, I don't know what happened. Well, what's going on? What else is going on? Just kind of, you just don't know the whole story. So just to kind of realize that everybody has a story. And I know for me, you know, I want to be a partner at some point. And so um, when I feel overwhelmed or I'm just like, I don't know how I'm going to manage my schedule. I'm looking at my list and I'm like, I don't know how this list is going to get done. But I know that to whom much is given, much is required. So like, I know that it takes hard work. I know that it's sometimes you just don't get it all right. And it's okay. I just do the best that I can. I put forth 100% of my effort, you know, and that's just the best that I can do. And so that's kind of the, the, the way that I live my life. And so when people ask me that, I'm just like, I'm just doing my, <laughs> I'm just doing my best. And, I, and you know, I need a little just grace. Keep swimming. Just keep yeah, swimming. Just keep swimming. I need a little grace. I give a little grace. And that's just kind of. That's just kind of my motto. But you know, it's interesting that you say that. And heavens, I, we could do a whole other podcast on what I'm about to say, because I think you and I have had an hour long phone conversation about this very topic. But typically, your highest performers are the least likely to complain. And so when you aren't just reaching out. Like one thing, Kendra, you're so good about, you know, you'll walk by and just ask somebody, hey, what's going on? I haven't seen you for a while. You know, how's wedding planning? How's, you know, how are things going? No, seriously, how are things going? Higher performers tend to not come and say, I'm drowning. I'm, I'm you know, I'm trying to study for the exam and um, plan a wedding, you know, whatever it is. They tend to not do that. They tend to put their head down. And I think one of the most important things that leaders can do, you can't be empathetic and you can't be supportive if you don't know what you need to be empathetic and supportive of. And so something just as simple as poking your head in and saying, hey, how you doing? Because I'll call you out on this podcast, Kendra, you and I have had a conversation where you and I've been talking and I'm like, Kendra, 
you're not complaining. You you need to be vocal about that. And you're like, no, we'll figure it out. And I'm like, put yeah. yourself in that leader's shoes. That leader hey, would want y'all. to she know. Really I'm sorry, I'm calling you out on the phone. Yeah, you have, you are talking, like you for real. That that really happened. <laughs> but, but it's but it's uh, uh, your your supervisor, your leader, your Kendra, your whoever you are. They can't solve a challenge that you aren't at least letting them know you have. And so, but prideful Sandy, who does not like to, hey, I'm a middle child. I am a woman and I am prideful. I'm not about to go, I can't or I need help. That is not in my vocabulary. But it, it's as simple as just sticking your head in somebody's office or calling them on the phone and saying, hey, I was just thinking about you the other day. Hey. How's it going? How you doing? How's wedding planning coming along? How's, um, I know you're playing in the flag football league. How's that coming? Or even if you don't know anything about them, just check in and go, man, life's crazy. How's it going for you? And just let them talk about them. And you'll hear those things and you, you'll learn where they're struggling and can say, well, hey, dude, you know, you don't have to drive into the office to do this. I don't care if you do that at home or you don't even have to do that. Why are you doing that? Go. We, we, we have somebody else who can do that. So I do think that's important. I will say it's something that you do very authentically and naturally. And I very much appreciate. And I always joke, if I could get a little drop of Kendra and some people to just stop in and ask people how they're (laughs) doing. Um, Listen, I'm just as guilty. You'll call me about something and Three hours later, I hang up the phone and go, man, I took two and a half hours of her time and she just had one question. I feel terrible. Um, so instead, I just light up your teens with a bunch of gifts that are funny. Um, I'm here for it, though. Yeah, I'm here for it. Anyway, so as we start winding down, I do want to um, twofold both give a shout out to and solicit any advice for um people in your village or spouses. So, you know, you've talked about um, how incredibly supportive your husband is, which includes keeping you honest and saying, "Uh uh-uh, log off. No. Supportive isn't saying, yeah, keep working. I'm going to go lay on the beach and come see me when you're done. Supportive is saying, no, you need to log off. So any advice or anything to people who um, want to be supportive of their partner, spouse, significant other, parent, anything like that? Um, that's a real Maybe we should call your husband and he would have Yeah, a- I was going to say, that's a real, I'm trying to think of what he would say. That's a really good question, Sandy. I think that, um, well, for one, and I don't know if this will answer your question directly, but for one, I try to surround myself with people that I know have my interest at heart and, and have my back. Um, and so I think for people who are trying to support someone who are trying to, to be that for someone else, I think it's just like what you said, like popping your head in, you know, getting to know what they have going on personally. It's, it's such an easy thing to do and people will just word vomit. They just will, you know, Hey, how's it going? Oh my gosh, I have this plumbing issue. I'm trying to help me get this done. They're going to be there at three, but I know traffic. It's like, okay, well, why don't you just go home at lunch or why, why did you come in? You know, just kind of having that open dialogue. Um, but the hard part is the authenticity. It's just being genuine about it. And, you know, people are typically pretty good at reading um, when something is genuine or not. So uh, I think just trying to build those relationships and, and forge those relationships um, so that people trust you with their conversation so you kind of know what they have going on. Um, 
everybody is just so swamped right now, myself included. Like, we all just have so much going on. Um, nobody's excluded. I haven't talked to a single person, and not just in accounting, in any industry line that's like, oh, yeah, work is great. <laughs> work, <laughs> we're, we're just coasting through this thing. Everybody's like, oh, my God, three people quit. Or, oh, the CFO is gone. Or, oh, I don't have a teacher. My teacher just resigned. You know, there's just so much going on. And so I think that we all just have to be there for each other and and know that it's gonna it's, it's growing pains yeah, it hurts <laughs> but it's just seasonal right in due season I hope so yeah. I hope so and and I hope the one thing that comes out of all this is that to, to use a term you said a few minutes ago that we all learn to come back to showing each other some grace and and being supportive of one another um and with that I'm gonna start wrapping it up because I you you have been so generous with your time because you come back from vacation. I give you no lead time. And I'm like, okay, she's real busy. Let me be a big hypocrite and go, Hey, I want to do a podcast on balance. Can you be on a podcast in a couple of days with me? So I, I, I really appreciate that. But you know, you said something a moment ago that um, was so perfect. And you were talking about surround yourself um, with people who have your back. And, and I will say this, I, I do believe that you're somebody around me that um, has my back. And you know, I absolutely have yours and, and the, the mutual support um, that we have for one another to make sure we achieve our, our personal goals. And our we have two very different career paths that we're on. Um, but our shared goal of how we want to advance um, CRI and then also support each other in our personal pursuits as well. Um, and then you also said uh, trust with conversation. And I knew when I'm like, I want to have this conversation. I want to call her because I can I can trust her in having an open conversation. And Lord knows, I always say a car chat because some of the longest calls you and I have had have been when I've been in my car. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> yeah, weird. Isn't that weird? Like I was driving back from a meeting in Greensboro one day and like you were my conversation the whole way back. That is so true. <laughs> But I just, I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate you. I know you're busy, especially coming off of um, being on vacation and, and then um, also having to be out of town and with no lead time. So I really appreciate your uh, generosity and authenticity and doing that. You are always a joy uh, to partner with. And I really appreciate that. And so with that, I hope everybody thinks about your own um, integration, how you're integrating your work and professional life and, and those around you. And hopefully Kendra and I have um, given you some tips and maybe a laugh here or there uh, to help you do that. So thank you for joining us today. If you want more CRI insights or are interested in learning about our firm, please visit our website at CRICPA.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of It Figures, the CRI podcast. You can subscribe to It Figures on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen to your podcasts. If you liked what you heard today, please leave us a review.